Good morning. Um, when Harold found out I was talking, he said, oh, great, are we going to have um, craft and snack time? <laughs> so sorry to disappoint, we're not doing craft and snack time in here, but I do love crafts and snacks. Um, so we'll do something a, a little different today. But um, Ray is still gone. He's in California. He's spending some time alone with God, so that's awesome. He, he needs that, and so I'm filling in today, so that's exciting. So um, I'm going to just pray for a second before I begin. Thank you, God, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're speaking. Thank you, God, that you're here, Lord. And I just thank you that, that we will open our hearts, Lord, and just listen to what you're saying today. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, I just wanted to share a few things that um, we've been learning, just kind of new stuff, which is exciting because sometimes you think that... Um, I've read the Bible through, kind of know it all, you know. <laughs> Not saying that that, you know, is really what it is, but just some new things, just new ways to apply things to our life, to our family. And um, it's been really, really neat and beneficial, and I just wanted to share with you guys um, uh, what we've been doing. Um, you know, especially as I've become a parent, you always think, how can I pass on my faith to my kids? Because I can pass on everything. I can give them my retirement accounts. I can give them my house. I can give them my cars. I can give them anything that belongs to me. I can package it up, and they can start off where I left off, and they can just go from there. And that's so awesome that I can just give them these things. But the most important thing to give my kids is my faith and how much God has meant to me. And you can't package that up and hand it to your kid and say, there you go. Now, now go from there. This is where I left off in my faith. Go ahead. You can't do that. They have to have their own experiences and they have to hear from God themselves. And you can't, you know, okay, go to Sunday school, you know, go to school camp, do this. And, and those things are great. And I encourage those things. But that most important thing that I want to pass on to my kids how, how do you pass that on? It seems like it's kind of been a mystery of how, how to give them that, their own relationship with God. And that's something that, you know, every parent, every Christian parent wants to do, and you're just trying to find that, that little secret. Um, well, um, let's see. Um, so, anyway, so, you know, you send them to Sunday school, you try to, okay, we'll, we'll do it, you know, you just go to Sunday school, learn the, learn the lessons and everything, and, you know, and that's all good. I have a cute video, just, just to show you something fun, of a, um, a Bible story that Reagan told me, and I had to get it, I recorded it, and so if you want to play that first video, I just wanted to show it, because it's kind of cute, just. One day, Jesus went to Nineveh, mm-hmm. and so... His brothers sent to the whale. So his mm-hmm. brothers sent him out to the whale? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he's been out, and when the whale got sick, he spit him out to Neverland. Oh, and the whale spit him out to Neverland? Uh, and then what happened? That's all that happened. That's all that happened? I think you told me that he went to Neverland and told the people in Neverland about God. Is that what you told me yesterday? Come on, Sam, come go. Okay. Say bye. Bye. Thanks. One day, that's, that's all. Like that's the same. <laughs> uh-huh. 
So that's it. That's, um, so it uh, was just cute because if, if you know the story, it's, it's Joseph and his brothers threw him into a well. And then there's a separate story about Jonah who got swallowed by a whale and went and told the people in Nineveh about Jesus. Neverland, we just throw a little Disney and everything. So. <laughs> Neverland's Peter Pan, if you're not sure of that. So um, it, it's just funny. You know, you send them to Sunday school, and, you know, they come back with fun stuff like that. <laughs> and Sunday school is great, but, you know, they're, they're kids. And um, there's just a, a fun little st- uh, video I wanted to show. But um, so we teach them Bible stories and can teach them about God. But, you know, it's just how do you give them that extra that extra connection with God. How do you connect them? Um, I will have to say about James and Claire's Wednesday night class has been amazing. If you haven't been to it, they have so much knowledge and wisdom on family raising that is just unbelievable. Um, I've only been able to go to two of their classes because I've been teaching the, um, the little kids but it's just been amazing the amount of great points they've had. It, it's, it's fabulous. Um, even if, I will say, all the kids here are really good kids. We have great kids. I know your kids. I know all of your kids. And they're really great. And this will help you get them to an even greater level. Um, they're, they're already great. But these concepts and principles, it's, it's just it's so amazing. And there are things that you can use on the job, um, relating with people. So many areas um, that were just, just amazing. Um, and the way they, they come across with their presentation and, of course, their family example has been um, really phenomenal. We were very blessed to have them in our church and have that um, Wednesday night teaching. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, so I just want to plug in there because um, it's, it's going along with what I'm talking about today about the connecting kids directly with God. Um, so that brings me to um, our other, my, my next point about Sozo. Does anybody here, I, I don't know if, it, if people have a, a real good understanding of it, because I know we have some people who have gone through all the training, they've had Sozo sessions, been really blessed, and then some people may not really know anything about it and be kind of like, ooh, what's that? Um, just, just a show of hands, does, is there, how many of you maybe don't really know much about Sozo and what's going on and what these people are doing and what they're talking about? <laughs> okay, so a few of you aren't real, aren't, don't know, and that's, well, we started about, um, I would say last, a little over a year ago or so, um, introducing Sozo to our church. And when I first heard, oh, hey, they're doing this discipleship stuff, I was familiar with Cleansing Stream, um, that's a real good um, uh, classes to go through. But David's coming home, and he's, he's saying some things here and there, and I'm like, what's going on on Monday nights over there? <laughs> what are they doing? This, uh, I don't know. You know, Pastor David's been saying some weird stuff lately. I've got to check this out. So um, it's like, okay. So I was working, and I wasn't able to, to make it then, but I did again this spring, and it worked with my schedule, so I started going to some of the classes. And... Um, was really, really amazed by some of the stuff that they were talking about. It's really revelation. It's, it's very different um, from some of the stuff I've been around and um, very effective in that you are, you, they're using tools 
to connect you directly with God, not connecting you with your pastor and God, not connecting you with your disciple leader and God, but connecting you with God. Um, And that um, was really, really helpful. So for people who maybe don't know a whole lot about Sozo, I'm just going to you know, go over a few things, so maybe it explains it a little bit. Um, the, the classes that they do on Monday night, it is a training class for people who want to, to help to, I don't want to say perform, because that sounds kind of weird, but like con- administer Sozo, it still sounds weird. <laughs> it's, it's not a counseling session, and that's something they want to um, differentiate themselves from. It's not typical counseling. But Sozo means saved, healed, and delivered. Um, it's an inner healing ministry. And, um, but it's not just for people who have major problems, um, although that's, that's great if you um, have, have big problems. It's just for the everyday person, like Megan was talking about, just brushing off. Um, sometimes uh, Sozo's great just, just for a brushing off because we pick stuff up. And... Um, so that, that's where the main came from. It's inner healing ministry. Some of the tools were grabbed from other ministries and um, kind of um, put together. And it's kind of been a trial and error thing, too, just seeing kind of what, what has, has worked. Um, so it's not a formula, do these steps, and then you're delivered. Um, it's, it's just kind of just asking some questions, asking God some questions, and drawing things out. And these tools are are really effective. They cover all issues. Um, and and the, in the session, they, you know, the Holy Spirit leads where, where to go with, with the different um, topics that come up and, and what things might need to, to go into deeper. Um, but it connects you directly with the Godhead for your answers. In a normal counseling session, well, let me tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> you know, and you can, you know get that, that kind of vibe, but it's not like this at all. It's from a non-judgmental um, a person who is just going to listen and, well, let's, let's talk to God about that and let's see. And believe it or not, God answers and he talks to you. And um, uh, Sozo, let's see. We've, we've kind of made God talking and, and spiritual things, hearing from God, I think we've kind of made it a little overcomplicated in the past, um, and sometimes just plain weird. Go, <laughs> oh, did you hear from God? I don't know. I heard from God. <laughs> um, I, I want to tell you that He is speaking, and this um, Sozo has helped me learn how to hear in a way that I had not had it explained before and not, not gone through. Oh, that's, that's what that is. Oh, you know, God is speaking in these ways. He is using these different things. And I feel like I'm getting things from so many different areas. And of course there is still discernment. Um, and that is something else that you can learn to develop is your discernment. But when you grab those, those things that God's telling you, um, it's it's really neat that it's it's not this only certain people hear from God. Oh, they hear from God. Let's go. You know, I think we're all hearing from God. We just need to listen. Um, if you don't think you're hearing from God, um, this is a really neat tool. 
So anyway, um, I think some Christians are waiting for like the, the big audible burning bush moment. You know, I'm not going to hear from God until I hear from God. And he, and he does. I, I, I'm not going to discount that. I think God does things like that. And I've, you know, people see things, hear things. And, but there's also, there's, there's so many ways that God speaks that I don't want to discount any of it. Um, you can connect with the Father yourself and not just hear the answers from someone else. Um, and I think that's when real healing takes place is when you hear the answers from God instead of, instead of me just telling you what's going on, what I think, which may be the right answer. But when you hear it from God telling you that answer, it means a whole lot more. Um, I, can, you know, I can tell my mom that my dad loves her. That doesn't do a whole lot <laughs> until he tells her that he loves her. <laughs> it's right. I'm right. But it, it just has a different meaning when you hear it from the source. Um, so a typical sozo will start with forgiveness. You, you really can't go anywhere without forgiveness. That is um, it's the building block. It's the key. And if you're not willing to forgive, um, that, that's, that's where you have to start. Um, that is, you're in a prison if you're not forgiving. And uh, forgiveness lets you out of that. Um, in the session, you'll ask God about lies that you'll be believing, that you're believing, and what the truth is. Um, and then you'll be surprised how much, how many lies you're actually believing about different things. Um, issues that need to be healed will often come from these type of questions. Um, the person conducting the sozo will lead, but God does the talking. Um, there was another interesting point um, that they bring up in Sojo that's about perception and how um, we look at the world through different lenses that are going to alter our perception. Some people look at the world through, you know, say you've been rejected and you just look at everything through the eyes of rejection and you just think that everyone's rejecting you when they very well may not have meant to reject you at all. That's just the way you see it. And there's just so many things that you have these hurts that were, were just perceived hurts, that nobody even meant to hurt you, but they're still hurts. It's still very real to you, even though no one, no one even knew that they did it, you know? Um, so, and that's a, just a really interesting thing to, uh, to go through. Um, I have a, a cute little perception story that I just think is really funny. You might have heard this before, but I just think it's, um, I got to find it here. Hang on. There it is. Okay. So this is a husband and a wife. Um, at the end of the day, they're each writing in their diary. So if you've heard this one, it's just cute. Uh, her diary says, Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird. We had made plans to meet a, a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with my friends all day long, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a little late. Um, but he made no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed but didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset and that it had nothing to do with me and not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. I can't explain his behavior. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why he didn't say I love you too. When we got home, I felt as if I lost him completely as if he wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV. 
He continued to seem distant and absent. Finally, with silence around us, I decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he came to bed. But I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure his thoughts are with someone else. My life is a disaster. So that's her diary. And here's his diary. Motorcycle won't start. Can't figure out why. I just think that was so funny because that's all perception. What she built up in her head, I mean, she's about ready to get divorced and <laughs> his motorcycle won't start. You know, she, she's getting all built up and hurt and everything. And he doesn't know that he's hurt her. Um, as a, you know, perception, it's, it's all it's stuff that has to be dealt with. You know, stuff gets on you. Oh, so much is in your head. You're, you build up all these cases against people. You build up all these stories and everything. And it's all right here. And it's, it's, the other person doesn't even know. Um, so that, that's just another point that they bring up that I just think is um, just a really good, good thing to, to be aware of and go over. Um, just because you're a Christian... Um, does not mean that you'll have to de- you won't have to deal with the demonic. Um, I mean, Satan tempted Jesus. Jesus was out there. He directly talked to him and tempted him. Some of us think that, oh, well, I'm a Christian. I don't, ooh, you're, ooh, you have a demonic going on? Just because you're, you're a Christian, you are, you are going to have to deal with those things. Um, doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, oh, your house is just full of demons or whatever. Um, but there are things that, that come up that you have to deal with. There's, there's brushing off. You know, sometimes um, there's people who are, are captive. I mean, they just got um, what they call like slimed, where you know, maybe you're in a, a situation or you, something just gets on you, and you, know, you need to, to have that brushed off, and it can be you know, fairly easily. And then there's people who are, are more prisoner that um, it may take a little more. Um, Ephesians 6.12, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, that, that's going to be a part of our life as Christians, and we do need to know how to deal with it. If you ignore it, you're, you're, you're closing your, yourself. I, ignoring it is... I'm, I'm losing my thoughts on how to say this, but if you, if you want to be effective, um, you really do need to deal with it. Um, I have some stories about uh, my little girl. She, um, she's only three. When we first started doing this, um, here, learning about Sozo and stuff, um, she is very very sensitive to, I think, the spirit world. And, and I think, and I'll say this, I, as we, I think children are more sensitive than adults because as adults we grow and we learn how to put up walls and tone it out and do what needs to get done. And we, we have this, this block to the spirit world. I think it's harder for adults to hear from God too because we've put up those, those blocks. Um, the spirit world's very real. And um, I think that she is, she's, a, a sense, she's sensitive to the spirit world. I think some people are more sensitive to the spirit world than others. Um, I would say that probably several of you in this room have probably seen the spirit world 
demonic, angelic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that people here have seen it. Um, I'm going to guess that another, several of you or more have felt it. I think some people feel more than they see. Um, I, myself, I'm more of a feeler. I haven't really seen. Um, and then some of you probably um, haven't at all. Well, um, let's see. Reagan was probably not even three yet when we first started hearing these things. She has been very, um, she's often had a hard time sleeping at night and been very scared. And there's, there's times where kids just want to stay up and they just don't want to go to bed and that's, that's the way kids are. But there has been just, there were just several times where it was coming where she was genuinely terrified some, this is not this is not normal. Telling her that there's not something in the room and just just telling her these things just was not cutting it. And we, you know, we'd pray with her and stuff. But there's there's something going on. Well, we we're learning these so so things. And um, one night, um, David was with her. He went up in her room, and she had she was daddy, daddy. She's like, there's a bad monkey in my room. And so you know, normally as parents, like just want to go to bed, just go to bed, <laughs> we're tired, we're with you all day, well, um, and David's like, no, we're, we're, we're going to deal with this, and I'm going to try some things out that I've been learning, so he says, okay, there's a bad, show me where the bad monkey is, it's over there, so he goes over, and says, okay, let's ask Jesus if this monkey's supposed to be here, okay, so she asks Jesus, and she says, no, Jesus says this monkey's not supposed to be here. So, okay. And then she goes, oh, there's another one. And she got just genuinely scared again. And when David saw that, he's like, okay, this, there, this is not just her trying to stay up at night. There is something very real scaring her that she is seeing. So um, he said, okay, let's. Well, first, before he said, uh, he said, let's bring Jesus in the room. Can you bring Jesus in the room? This is uh, one of the, the kind of tools they use in Sozo, um, connecting you with God, with the Godhead. And um, so she says, okay, Jesus is in the room. I see him. And he said, okay, well, what does Jesus look like? And she said, Jesus has a sword. David was like, <laughs> he's got a sword. <laughs> we hadn't talked to her about Jesus with swords. We've had Jesus, you know, the children sit on Jesus' lap, and Jesus was all nice. Jesus didn't have a sword. So David was like, oh, my gosh, Jesus is here with a sword, a king of kings, in my house with a sword. So he said, okay, what does Jesus want to do with these bad monkeys? Reagan said, he's going to put them in prison and take them away. Okay. Well, let Jesus do that. So Jesus took away the bad monkeys. And here's the amazing thing. Reagan said, okay, I can go to bed now. And she went to sleep. We were like, why have we not been letting Jesus take care of things before? <laughs> that would have saved us a whole lot <laughs> of hassle. <laughs> but we were just like, whoa, like... This is real. When my not even three-year-old is talking to Jesus and he's coming with a sword and taking things out of her room, I, that's powerful. That, 
has blown me away. Well, as you can imagine, that wasn't the only time we've used this. <laughs> um, there, there were other times that we have done that a similar thing where there was something in the room. And um, she is learning how to connect with Jesus herself. She started, she can't whistle, but she thinks she can. She goes, Yoo-hoo! And that's her whistle. Well, she, decided, she started learning that she can get Jesus to come in by herself. And she starts going, Yoo-hoo! Jesus! And she says, I whistle for Jesus, and he came. And she brings Jesus in when she needs Jesus. She doesn't need mom and dad to bring Jesus in. She's doing it, and she's three. Um, and, but another thing, you know, we can't have the agenda when we are um, hearing and interpreting. At first, we're like, okay, there's no monkeys in the room. You know, I didn't, I didn't see any monkeys. I didn't feel any monkeys. Well, we let her tell us what, what was going on and, and kind of let the Holy Spirit lead from there. Um, sometimes we just we discredit our kids. And there's discernment, too. Um, of course, that's something that, you know, you need to, to use. Um, this, I would say, you know, a few months later, she had been talking about giants that were kind of, that were scaring her. And we're like, giants? What is she talking about? You know, and I, I, I had a, a dream, and I woke up, and there was a, a giant. And it was, it was, and this had gone on a couple nights. I said, David, I think she might be talking about angels. Some of the stuff that she was saying. And if you read the Bible, it sounds like angels are scary because every time they come to somebody, they say, don't be afraid. So I think they're scary at first if you don't know what they are. I said, so David sits her down and talks to her about angels. So I was like, you know, we hadn't talked to her about angels. I felt really bad that I had like forgotten to talk to my daughter about angels. Um, we'd, we'd always focused on, you know, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. We hadn't talked about angels. So... He talks to her about the angels, and it starts to, to make sense with her. Well, a couple of nights later, or in the morning, she comes to me and she says, Mom, the angels came to me and took my bad dreams away. Like, they took her bad dreams away. The angels came. Now that she knows what these giants are, she's seeing angels, too. And we, we didn't put it together until after this had gone on for a while. Um, so like I'm saying, she's a, a very sensitive child. I don't, and this has started when she was very young, that she was having issues sleeping and being very scared. I mean, she was Judah's age, 18 months old, and just waking up with, with a lot of fear. And, um, and I know that's, that's not a, a completely normal thing, but, but it certainly does happen. And I know that she's not the only kid who has trouble at night and sees, sees things. Um, uh, one time she was she was scared to go up the stairs and she, and she goes, "Oh Jesus, oh there you are!" <laughs> and then she went up the stairs. <laughs> you know, she just um, the stuff that comes out of her mouth sometimes when she's connecting with God on her own is just amazing. Um, she's also also sensitive um, to the Holy Spirit in, in in other ways. There was one time. Um, I'll stop telling stories about my daughter in a second, but I don't know how many times. 
she wanted to color a picture for Daddy. She said, I need to color a picture for Daddy. I said, okay. Well, she colors just about every day. That's nothing new. She says, I need a yellow piece of paper. Okay. So I get out a yellow piece of paper. What, what color crayon do you want? I want an orange crayon. Okay. So she colors, and this was six months ago, so she wasn't coloring like figures yet or anything, just kind of, it all looked the same to me. Um, so she, she colored on this, this orange crayon, this yellow piece of paper, and she said, Mom, Daddy is going to be so happy when he sees this. I'm like, okay, yes, I'm sure he will. <laughs> and so she says, no, be, I can't wait to show this to Daddy. He's going to be so happy when he sees this. I said, okay. So I set it aside. Normally I, I throw out a lot of her artwork. <laughs> she, she colors every day. So I set it aside. David came home. Like, oh, okay, you, you have to see this because this was really important. She was emphasized several times that Daddy needs to see this. I show it to David. David looks at it. He goes, oh my gosh. He said, this is just what I need to see. He said, today God was talking to me about the fire that led the Israelites. And this was, I, I, I needed to see this. This was a real confirmation to what God was speaking to me today. I was like, good thing I didn't throw that away. <laughs> so kids can hear from God. Yes. Adults can hear from God. You just have to be sensitive and give it some credit. We, we discredit so much because, it's, you know, it's easy. It's, you know, there's, we're adults, we're realists, there's coincidence, you know, come on. But get, give your kids some credit and, and look a little deeper and see what, what's going on. Um, I'm going to read, oops, sorry, it's hard to hold this. First um, Samuel 3. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while the Lord called and we'll see. And while that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Samuel didn't know what to make of it. As parents, well, sometimes we don't know what to make of what our kids are bringing us and saying to us, and we just like, ah, go back to bed. That's, you know, I, I, and we discredit it. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And then the Lord speaks to Samuel. I, I believe that this happens. This isn't just in the Bible. God is speaking if we hear. 
Eli didn't know at first what was going on. But then when Eli did realize, he said, that's God. And he trained Eli to listen to God and to receive. Um, I have another one more story of Reagan. Uh, when the storms came through the day after Christmas, uh, we were sitting at the dinner table. It was earlier in the evening. Uh, we had an early dinner, and it started lightning outside. And it was it was getting really stormy. And she's always you know a little nervous of storms. And she said, "I'm scared." Like she just started getting really fearful of this storm that was coming through. I was like, honey, it's just a storm, you know. And this is before we knew that any tornadoes were coming or anything. And I'm, you know, and I'm explaining to her and talking to her, you know, forgetting all my sozo stuff. <laughs> and David says to her, Reagan, ask God if he wants you to be afraid of this storm. She stops. No, no, God doesn't want me to be afraid of this storm. God said he's going to protect our house. Okay, good. That's awesome. And at that time, she told me that, that God gave her power to not be afraid. I was like, wow. Um, she talks about powers a lot because she also watches um, Disney Frozen, Elsa, and she wants to have ice powers really bad. Um, so I, have, I, I asked her, I interviewed her about this because um, after she was not scared, it kept storming, it got worse. Um, then the reports of the tornadoes were coming, and we live in Saxe, which, of course, we didn't get hit, but uh, they were telling us to take cover because there was the touchdown in Rowlett, and it looked to be coming straight for our house. So we all, you know, okay, let's get in the closet and go, you know, have our snacks and stuff in the closet. She's not afraid one bit. And you know what? I really wasn't afraid either because God talked to my daughter and told her that our house was going to be protected. <laughs> and I know she hears from God, so it was really, like, really comforting. So, I mean, she, she, that blessed the whole family there. Of course, you know, our house was protected, and she was not fearful. From that moment that God told her that he, she did not, he did not want her to be afraid, he gave her power not to be afraid, he was going to protect our house. No fear. None at all. She did not bring it up the rest of the night. Even though, I mean, it was bad outside. You could see it. You could hear it. Nothing. She had complete peace. And I didn't give her the peace. David didn't give her the peace. God gave her the peace. Um, I, I, I ta- a couple nights ago before she went to bed, I wanted to get a video of her. Um, telling that that story. So it was a few weeks after this happened. If you could go ahead and and do the the second video. This is her. I have a question for you. Can I ask you a question first? Okay. Remember when it was storming out and you were scared? And Daddy told you to ask God if God wanted you to be afraid? And what did God say? Uh, God said to not be afraid. God told you to not be afraid? Tell me 
when you get skilled, I'll always be with you. He told you that? Yeah. And then you weren't afraid anymore? Yeah. And Jesus was watching us when, when we were in dinner. Jesus was watching us. He was watching you? Yeah, he was watching me in dinner with my family. Really? Yeah, he was watching me. And I wouldn't be scared at all. And Jesus said, I'll always be with you at night. Now can I see you again? Okay, that's all. Well, I have a question for you. That's okay. So I just wanted you to, to hear it from her. Um, my, my kid's not the only kid who hears from God. We just learned some tools to help reveal this to her and see it. Um, this is something we want to start setting aside time for in our, um, in our little kids' classes, in our tiny tots and power kids, that they can start to learn that God is talking to them and that it's already happening and just kind of opening those doors to reveal to them um, what it is that they're actually experiencing. Um, Leanne is helping us with that. Leanne is, is wonderful. She, she probably has the most sozo training of any of us here, and she has a real, um, her, her, her spirit is so sensitive to, um, to what God is doing and so open, and, and she really just does a great job with that. And so we're really glad that she's able to, to incorporate, help us incorporate that with our kids um, in in this, this way, and so that's something that we're gonna that we're we're doing with them that we want to teach them, and it, I think it's it's just really important. It's something that we can pass on to them how to connect with God themselves instead of always hearing it from mom and dad and from from church. Um, and, and like I said earlier, these these kids are already just amazing. And I, I get to spend time with them, and I love it. And it's so much fun. And we do snacks and crafts and fun stuff, too. And um, there was a, a few weeks ago, um, these kids really blessed me. We're in class, and, and there was a, a little boy who normally doesn't come, and he wasn't really wanting to, to be involved and kind of sat back in the corner and just not, not real happy. And um, these kids, there's you know, about six or seven little three- or four-year-olds, they came over to him, and um, Isaac and Reagan kind of went over there first, and and just, oh, we, you're our friend, and we love you so much, and we want you to be part of our class, and they just went over and just like ministered to him, all by themselves. I did not tell them to do that at all, and Reagan starts singing some little inspirational Barney song to him, and. And they're just loving on him. They genuinely loved him and just making him feel a part of the group and accepted. And just the love of Christ was coming through those kids. I did not tell them to go over there and make him feel like he's part of the group. They did it by themselves. It's in them. These kids are getting it. They are, they are amazing. I mean, three- and four-year-olds, they are. Three and four, and they're just go, doing this stuff. Um, so amazing. So with all that being said um, about the Sozo, and if, if you're still leery of it or, you know, you're just not, not sure about it, um, well, since our church um, 
is still going through training. We're not quite yet a, a Bethel Sozo ministry, but we have people who have been trained and know how to, um, to do the Sozos. They are taking appointments right now. And so I want to put a plug in for that, that if this is something that you think, wow, this, this might be kind of neat, my um, suggestion is if you, you're not, you don't really know much about Sozo or something or you don't want to go to the, the training classes, that's fine. Go ahead and make an appointment now. Um, it's also free of charge. They do, uh, there's a church in Wiley that does an actual Bethel Sozos. I mean, they've been like certified through Bethel as, as you know, doing um, their, their way. Um, and, and they do charge, which I think is, why would you not want to pay for inner healing? I mean, I, I, that just, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't want to pay for something so valuable. So um, definitely worth the money. Your, um, your inner healing is worth way more than what they charge. Um, of course, they do that to cover administrative costs and different things and, you know, people's time to, to do that. Um, but they are doing it right now without any charge, I believe. I haven't checked with anybody, but I'm assuming so. Um, we're not yet um, certified through them. But So if you want to listen to God talk to you and have someone help you use the tools to actually hear from God, and if you're open to that, and, and you have to be open to forgive. Um, there is a little catch you have to forgive before you can do this. Uh, so no unforgiveness. Um, so if you, you want to do that, it's... And they're taking appointments now. And I would definitely suggest go in. Um, some of them only are like 30 minutes. Some of them can be up, you know, two. I don't think they go longer than three hours. You really you can cut it off at a certain certain time. You rarely ever go back for a second one. You just, God can do so much in such a short amount of time. It's amazing. He works so much faster than we do. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, and then we do the training classes periodically throughout the year. Uh, those are, are really neat, too. And that, that will help you if you want to learn some of these tools that we've been using. Um, it's, it's really, really eye-opening, really revolutionary. Um, uh, so I just wanted to also uh, just recap on something that David said last week. Uh, if you were here, he paralleled the church with a gym and he was saying, we're, we're, not, we're not a hospital anymore. I think of a hospital, they're just, they want to patch you up and just kind of get you back almost as good as you were before. And just, just kind of, okay. Their, their goal isn't really to improve you. Their goal is to get you good enough. You know, try to get you back to where you were before. Um, a gym, typically you want to go to improve yourself. You want to see results. You want to stretch those muscles, maybe get a little sore, and, and see something happen in your life. You probably aren't going to go to a gym and be real dedicated about it if you just want to go and, and you, your, your goal is just to stay the same. Typically, you want to see something happen. Um, are you just wanting to maintain your faith? And that's kind of an ouch, ouch to myself. You know, sometimes I just want to keep my feet right about here. This is a good spot for my faith to be. I don't have to stretch it too much, but I'm not on that side. Don't worry. Um, 
Um, or do you want to get results and see change in your life and in those around you? Uh, you really you get out what you put in. Um, so thank, thank you guys for listening to me today. That's all I have. David asked me how I wanted to end. I said maybe a light show. but <laughs> He said they're not for that. <laughs>